EFL Cup semi-final, AFCON and Asian Cup picks edition of the Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use the code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast's brand new YouTube page. The Hockey Guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate their new YouTube channel. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com forward slash HGP. Premier League Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is no idea, Sunday, the 7th of January. And we are here to uh, pick over the ashes of a really boring FA Cup weekend. Uh, we are going to look at the EFL Cup semi finals which take place, the first legs take place Tuesday and Wednesday this week. And there's two international tournaments in the off and kick-off next weekend. Quite nice times for watching as well, uh, certainly on this side of the pond. Actually, not too bad for either side. Uh, we've got the African Cup of Nations and the Asian Cup uh, in Megan Bars are well known for our uh, global football success rate. Uh, joining me from uh, Bingley, I think it's called, in Nottinghamshire. It's Mr. Barry Penaluna. I've never started an episode, Barry, where you haven't been shaking your head. What's wrong now? It's because you're yeah, absolutely worthless. <laughs> We've only been doing this 18 months. Every, I reckon the listeners probably know more about where I live than, uh, than you do at this stage. Bingham is correct. Um, How are you doing, guys? Bingham underwater uh, recently. Um, Everything's underwater. Lots of rain in it. Lots of rain. To be fair, Bingham isn't underwater, but all of the surrounding villages and towns are completely um, submersed by water uh, at the moment around here. So, yeah, a bit sick of the rain. More more uh, football cancellations. I can't remember the last time the grassroots football happened around here. Both kids' yeah. games are off this morning um, due to wet pitches and flooded roads and stuff like that. So, I, it's about time this weather done one. The um, grassroots season's been horrible. It's been a total waste of time, but it's just stop start. It's been like because we joined two new teams. Um, so you want a bit of momentum just to get to know for the kids to get to know them, the parents to get to ingratiate themselves to the other sets of parents. And it's just been so stop start, it's been absolutely horrible. We did get a game this morning, uh, went up to Killingworth. Uh, Bob absolutely Barry should have had the first red card of his life. Um, he pulled a full, and people of a certain age will know what I mean. Um, he pulled a full Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer uh, on Robert Lee on the uh, Killy centre forward. We were we were two 0 up with about three minutes left, and the kid went clean through. So Bob just cynically wiped him out. Um, and yeah, there was a, their linesman wanted him sent off, but you know, eleven-year-old kids don't get sent off, do you? Bob sort of just stood there and held his hands up like that, like you like you see people do on telly. Um, so there you go. Um, 
some who's in the chat. Aaron Walker's joined us. Uh, Wayne Mullen. <laughs> Wayne. Uh, Wayne enjoyed Arsenal's tears today, um, which I think everybody did. Um, Wayne is our Aston Villa fan. It was permanently on the verge of a nervous breakdown uh, whenever <laughs> Villa played. Christ, I'd hate to have been doing this show a few years ago and following Wayne when Villa was shite. Because this is the best they've been for 25 years, and he still hates every single second of it. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> and we had the first ever Chelsea badge I've seen in the live chat, Barry. Uh, Harry Doherty um, is uh, joined us as well. So, uh, hiya, Harry, how are you? We will be getting to Chelsea in a little while because they are in one of those AFL Cup semi finals. Um, FA Cup. Was a bit shit. We said on the show, Baz, on the pick show, that it looked boring and it kind of was. Um, obviously, Newcastle had a great, an unbelievable, an unbelievably easy weekend of it, um, which maybe you predicted, but I don't think many Newcastle fans felt that confident. But then the rest of it, apart from Maidstone winning, that was a bit of a, um, a bit of a good story. George Ellicobi was great. The Maidstone manager, the old Wolves player. Um, I've seen him play somewhere around here, non-league. Must have been against Gateshead, I think. Because he's quite a memorable looking fella, George Ellicobe. He's a big, he's as wide as he is high. Um, but he cried on football focus before the match. He cried out during the match, he cried after the match. He was just loads of fun, was Ellicobe. And that was a good win. But the rest of it was all a bit shit. Um, and my picks were absolute dog shit. I never looked like winning any of them. Um, I mean, I fancied Liverpool today. Um, I gave Coventry out as a potential lock, but anything I claim, I, I mean, I'm grasping at straws. Like it's all the official plays um, were miles away. Uh, Millwall got humped. Um, Cardiff got humped 4 0. Cardiff City, this was funny, but this... I wasn't even watching the two kept messaging me. They <laughs> missed two penalties in the first seven minutes. Um, so at that point, you've got a feeling it's not going to be your day. Um, Newcastle team taught like yeah, I was a bit skinny, but yeah, absolute dog shit, mine. But I do believe Barry, you went uh, a fifth hacker in a row. Yes, smashing the hackers at the moment, FA Cup hacker, and it was a hard weekend really because we did oh, have some really rubbish football. Um, and it proved because you couldn't pick a winner to save your life. I, I managed to pick five of them out and put them in an hacker. Um, Start with my picks were it was a bit of a uh, I don't know okay really uh, I had a push in the Villa game because I said Asian handicap Villa minus one so a bit fortunate there um, the Everton pick was void because it was Pickford saves and Pickford didn't start so we binned that one uh, but I took the Newcastle team total twelve to five plus two forty um, really really good price for Newcastle to score three or more um, obviously left it quite late to get the third but that was a good win for me. The Arsenal-Liverpool game was very similar. My pick in that was over four and a half cards. Um, and I think we got three of those cards in the last 10 minutes of the game. And the last two were literally in stoppage time um, with Trent picking up one and some young kid picking up one just for bringing Arsenal down later on. But we did hit the over four and a half cards in the Arsenal-Liverpool game, which was one I really liked. My underdog picks weren't very good. Um, Ipswich put a very strong team out. Um, which wasn't what I was expecting. Um, and the other one was Fulham, who did rest players. I mean, the, I was happy when I seen the lineups. We knew a few of them had gone off to African nations. Uh, they left out Jimenez and Polina and stuff like that. Um, 
the one one nil kept Rotherham at arm's length. Rotherham never really looked like threatening, but sixteen to one shot is what it is, isn't it? Um, sixteen yeah. one get beat one nil. We're sixteen one shots. They had a goal disallowed. Yeah, yeah. the kid was offside, um, but it was tight. Yeah, they were in the game. They lost one nil, Baz. I mean, if you'd have taken them on the handicap there, uh, yeah, I think exactly. you'd have got a decent price. Yeah, you'd have got a good price on the handicap. But then the the Aka for me was. Um, I mean, there was some good fortune in there as well. I had Blackburn, Southampton, Spurs. Watford took a 95th-minute winner. Yeah. Uh, and the Villa game was the final one. Four of them had hit, and it was all down to Villa. And it's always that final leg where you start to get a bit nervy. And Villa did make hard work of it. Um, didn't look brilliant against Borough. I expected Borough to possibly not be uh, too bothered with the midweek game in their minds. But uh, we got there in the end. So, yeah, 11-2 Acker on the FA Cup was a nice uh, bonus for me and obviously uh, thoroughly enjoyed the Derby game. I've had lots of crack on TikTok this week with Mackhams, lots of Mackhams getting in the chat, pre and post game to be fair. Um, most of them took it on the chin, very, uh... but it was one of them where I didn't even feel like I could really get stuck into any Mackhams, Malcolm, because um, it wasn't really, a, it was a mismatch, wasn't it? There's a massive gulf between those teams at the moment um, and it showed and I don't think Sunderland necessarily. You say that though, Middlesbrough Villa is a comparison game, isn't it? Middlesbrough yeah. similar level to Sunderland, Villa similar level to us. Middlesbrough made a proper game of that. Like yeah. Sunderland just did absolutely not. Tell you what, what they must be absolutely gutted because from the second that draw was made, um, they said, right, okay, if we're going to get beat on the pitch, which is very possible, what we'll try and do is, um, they've got a new owners. So we could try and win the hearts and minds of our own supporters by making every decision correct, you know. We could try and win the hearts and minds maybe of some neutrals by showcasing Sunderland. There's a lot of people who don't like big corporate football, sports washing, Saudis. We could get all of this on our side. And every single decision they made since them two balls come out the Moulin X Magi mix, if they had a little fork in the road, they took the wrong one every single time. From displacing their own season ticket holders to draping the place in black and white stuff that they had to take down. Um, and then total and utter non-performance, uncompetitive, shambolic non-performance, um, finished off with us taking a photo at their end. Like, it was just ridiculous. So if you're a Sunderland fan, there's ways to do it. And fuck me, did they get everything wrong? Like, I mean, I can't imagine if that was Wayne... Um, and it was Villa Blues, or if it was Chelsea, Chelsea West Ham, or whatever. If they'd done what Sunderland have done at every point, um, was absolutely mad. Uh, Bootle is in the chat saying Happy New Year, Bootle. How you doing? Uh, and Frank Gallagher, um, Frank's allowed in this week as man, you haven't got beat yet this weekend. They they get their turn tomorrow night, so Frank's Frank's okay for another 22 hours. Hiya, Frank. How are you? Yeah, so it was just it, but and even the game. You don't associate watching Newcastle Arsenal with easy wins. I was at all times you're expecting something terrible to happen, and it just didn't. It was just so comfortable, drama free. It was unbelievable. I mean, you're right about expecting something terrible to happen. Even at two 0 60 minutes in, I started to get you know when they clipped the bar, yeah, uh, and has to make a save, and you just think if it gets to two one, that would have really got the nerves going. Like, and it shouldn't because it, it, we were still completely in control of the game. Uh, but it is you are right. You always sort of expect something horrible to come along at some point. But uh, yeah, nice, nice, um nice way to start the day yesterday. 
obviously. But you go back to the games. I mean, we said when the draw was made, we said again last week, who the f- was picking Everton v Palace for the telly, Spurs v Burnley yeah. for the telly, um, possibly even Villa, Middlesbrough. And then you miss out on the moments like Stevenage, Maidstone, Maidstone getting the late winner and stuff like that. That's the moments the FA Cup third round are all about. That's the games that should be on the telly. Um, just stupid. Like I understand why Newcastle Sunderland was on there. It had a lot of people's interest. It's been a long time. And I can understand why the Liverpool-Arsenal game was on telly. But the other television choices were terrible. Uh, they could easily have given some of those lower league teams a bit more. Uh, but Michael Roberts is our um, Everton fan who gave us the Pickford uh, nudge for last week. Which, uh, stuck in the bin because Pickford stayed on the bench, um, probably in preparation for his trip up north to go and watch his beloved <laughs> Matins get me 3-0. The silly little bastard. Um, before we crack on and tackle these EFL Cup games in the African and the Asian Cup, um, I've got a little update from uh, it's a it, it's partially a elementary update, Baz, but it does go into quite a funny story because um, I got a message this week off uh, Matthews, you know, Matthews, and um, one of the Worcester lot, uh, he's a Forest fan, uh, he's a snibber, jibber, he's got an old face and dirty shoes, he's a very <laughs> average skittler, but his brother works in a garden centre, Baz. So he'd relayed the tale of the lemon tree to his brother, and his brother sent me a list of instructions uh, as to how to handle it. So these un- instructions are now being undertaken, and we'll see. But Matthew's also sent me this little story. Like I say, he's a Forest fan. He's a very, very lazy man, is Kev. Uh, he makes me look dynamic, Baz. That's how lazy he is, right? Probably makes you look busy as well. Um but over Christmas, he had as much to do with buying the kids' presents as I imagine many other men did, which yeah. was fuck all. Like So stuff that was getting opened on Christmas morning was as much a surprise to Matthews as it was everything else. His missus had bought the kids. So he's got an eight-year-old son, um, and he bought him a, a... She'd bought him a book of Forest, Nottingham Forest chants. And she thought, that'll be all right. So the first one, so the little kids open it. The first one was sheep, sheep, sheep shaggers, sheep, sheep, sheep shaggers. So he opens up with sheep shaggers, which obviously doesn't go down well in front of grandma and everyone. Um, and then this on page two, the second one was, my old man said, be a Derby fan. I said, fuck off, bollocks, you're a cunt. So that was the first two pages before the book got confiscated. So all that was going on at half past six in the morning. Down in Matthews Gaff. So yeah, good old uh, some good old football chants and some top parenting from Kev. Um yeah, I enjoyed that so well. I'll let you know if the uh, if the lemon tree survives, Matthews, on the back of your brother's advice. Um we make some picks after. I'll tell you about underdog fantasy. Um great way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, and football. Pick high roller. On your favourite players, fantasy stats and cash in. Uh, so watch along, make your picks, maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. Sign up with the promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit for $100. Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And don't forget the Hockey Gambling Podcast, uh, boys, giving away a hoodie to launch their new YouTube channel, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. Um, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to support the uh, Hockey Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Give that a follow. Helps everybody. Um, right, okay. Semi-finals of the EFL Cup. We have a game on Tuesday 
and a game on Wednesday. They are both 8 o'clock kickoffs, which is 3pm Eastern time. And we will go start with Tuesday night, Middlesbrough taking on Chelsea. Middlesbrough are 19-4, plus 4.75. The draw is 3-1, and Chelsea are 4-7, minus 175. Um, so you're kind of... You've got very recent history, and the both teams faced opposition from the league um, that they'll be facing in this. At the weekend in the FA Cup, decent comparison games, you would kind of think. Um, Middlesbrough lost 1-0 at home to Villa, competed very well, were probably the better team for uh, at least some of the game, if not most of the game. Chelsea beat Preston 4-0, which is a bit of a weird one, because I watched a bit of this. Um, I had to decide what to watch when I went in the bath. So I was flicking around various things. This was an option, and it was nil-nil and looked shit after 55 minutes. So I didn't put it on. And then it finished 4-0 out of nowhere. Chelsea got one and then got some more. Um, so both coming off the, those sort of comparison games. But Chelsea, you just can't trust, Barry. I've got no intention of backing them here at 4-7. They look okay in places. They've scored a few more goals. Some of the players, Mudrick and people like that, are doing little bits and bobs more. But they're really inconsistent. And so are Middlesbrough. I mean, Middlesbrough deserved at least a goal at the weekend. Um, but their inconsistency has to be factored in as well. They've had a 3-1 defeat at Coventry um, very recently. At home to Coventry, sorry. They lost at Rotherham. They were bottom of that league. They've only won six of their 13 home games. Um, so there's been tons of goals in these Chelsea games. In the last 10 Chelsea games, Baz, we have had a 4-1, a 1-4, we've had a 4-4, we've had a 3-2, we've had a 2-3, we've had 3-2-1s. So goals go on these Chelsea games. And I've worked this stat out. All my stats are normally pinch, Baz, but this one's my very own. Um, in the last 10 Chelsea games, the home side has scored at least twice. So whether it was Chelsea at home doing it, or whether it was Chelsea on the road and the Oppo have done it, the home team scored twice, every single one. Um, so if that's a system play, Middlesbrough team total is 12 to 5, plus 240. Um, yeah, two inconsistent teams who could score goals. I know both teams to score didn't cash in either of their games at the weekend, but I think this is a it's too it's too good. The over two and a half. And both teams to score is too short. I'm going to combine the both, Baz. Um, I can see it 2-1. I, I wouldn't rule out the Middlesbrough shot at all. Maybe Middlesbrough could nick it 2-1. Um, I can see 2-1 either way. Over two and a half with both teams to score is 19-20 minus 105, Baz. Yeah, well, I found a, a different trend and a trend that would have hit in both of their games at the weekend. Um, I did look at this again and, and, and like you, not really have any strong leans towards... Anything on the money line because Chelsea are a bit short, four to seven away from home and hard to trust, as you say. But then you look at it, you go straight to the Middlesbrough form line and it's all over the place as well. So hard to know what to expect, as you say. Villa did, uh, Borough did put up a decent fight against Villa in terms of keeping it tight for around 80 minutes. Um, and Chelsea were very poor in that first hour against Preston. Um, I've gone for something different. It's the half with the most goals. Um, both okay. of these teams' games at the weekend were nil-nil at half-time. 
and obviously had goals in the second half. Three of Borough's four, last four games have been nil-nil at half-time. So they are showing some form for keeping it tight early on, even if they end up giving it up late on. Um, and Chelsea's similar. Chelsea's last six games have seen 20 goals. And 15 of those 20 goals have come in the second half, just five in the first half. Um, so I think Middlesbrough will try and frustrate Chelsea early on. Most teams have been able to do that this season. Chelsea might come out on top of this game eventually, but I'm taking Borough to keep it close early on. Um, might get the nil-nil at half-time, and then we can cheer on the goals. Now, it is a three-choice three market, so you can have a tie. If it's 1-0 Chelsea first half, 1-0 Chelsea second half, you wouldn't cash this. But the second half being the most goals is 21-20, to 20, so just over even money. So we're hoping for a nil-nil at best one goal in the first half and get a couple in the second um, but it's good form for it, as I say, Chelsea hitting um, most of their goals recently away from um, in the second half uh, and, and Borough, similar, not conceding many first half goals at the moment. So that's where I've gone. It's a little bit different. Someone who's not, um, don't put out very often, but I, I just, nothing jumped off the page for me straight away. So I really had to sort of delve into some other stuff to try and find something here. So that's where I've gone. Middlesbrough v Chelsea, second half to have the most goals at 21 to 20. It's a great spot. Uh, Bootland Michael are pointing out in the chat how much they, they like it. And I had a little look back at the, the semi-finals from last year. Um, Southampton, Newcastle. Southampton did frustrate Newcastle. We eventually got the Joe Linton goal in the second half. And Man United beat Forest 3-0. But again, it took them a little while to get going. So, um, both games last year would have fitted into that bracket. What was that price, Baz? 21 to 20. Just over evens. Oh, I like that. Excellent. Um, Usually sweating out our NFL bets on a Sunday night. I made the cardinal mistake, Barry. Of you know, old Mahatma Gandhi never backed the early game. Um, all my bets have gone down on the fucking Patriots losing in that snow game. Now, I messaged you on Wednesday and said yep. the Giants yep. plus five and a half was the mortgage play of the year, and they're currently 17 nothing up. Uh, without the five and a half points head start. But my bets are all uh, lying in the snow somewhere in New Jersey. Um, the second semi-final is Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Liverpool take on Fulham. Liverpool want a three minus 300. The draw is 19 to four plus 475. Fulham are six to one, but. Um, yeah, look, where, where do you start? I'm still not sure what to make of Liverpool at the moment, you know. Um I mean, another game today where really Arsenal should have been out of sight on the XG well, 1.7. Liverpool cheating that game is an absolute miracle, isn't it? If you come off, if, if you watch him coming off the back and conceding two against Newcastle, even though they were completely dominant, Arsenal could have yeah. scored five in the first 10 minutes. And Liverpool walk off with a 2-0. It's insane. Yeah, the, the score just doesn't tell the story. The X, XG uh, 1.7 Arsenal, 0.6 Liverpool. Um, Arsenal had more shots on goal, more shots on target, more corners. Had a bit of everything, but um, Arsenal are struggling. Like that's seven games. They've only had one win in the last seven. They've lost three in a row. Um, they've been shut out three in the last seven games as well. Arsenal really, really struggling to score. Um, I think Arsenal's season could unravel. Um, but we're not here to talk about Arsenal, are we, Malcolm? Um, talking about Liverpool, we'll pick Arsenal up next week. Wait, you know, when we get to the next Premier League games. Um, so, yeah, Liverpool got the result, uh, and this is what they've done over and over again this season, is not particularly playing well in every game, but they are getting the results. 
Um, it was a result they picked up today without Salah being there. I was interested to see how they'd get on without Salah because um, he has carried them through a lot of games. But um, obviously, they've, they've done okay here. Um, the home leg here for Liverpool, I think, should see them come out on top. We have got a comparison game very recently. Fulham went there and took a 3-2 lead at Anfield, only for Liverpool to come back late on and, and win it 4-3. So they did make it competitive there. And the question is, can Fulham come and cause similar problems again here? I didn't think Fulham were great against Rotherham in the Cup, but they did make enough changes. Um, they'll have a few players coming back in, and, and they did enough, as I said earlier, to keep Rotherham at arm's length, really. Um, they'll be without Salah, Endo, uh, Sobosly, I think they'll miss out again. But they started without Salah in the last round against West Ham, rested a few players, and they absolutely battered West Ham 5-1. So, not too worried about no Salah in this fixture. Um, Liverpool's home games, they've had 15 home games, I think, in all competitions this season. They've won 12 of them by two or more goals. The home form at Anfield is outstanding. Um, 80% of their home games are won by two or more goals at the moment. Now, Fulham had that little mini sum recently where they had three defeats without scoring a goal. And all three of them came by a margin of two or more. So I'm taking that trend. I'm getting even money for Liverpool to win by two or more at home here. And I think it's a decent price. We look at the Newcastle game the other day where they could have easily had seven, eight, nine. Um, you look at that West Ham game in the last round, 5-1. I think there's potential here for them to start running up a decent score. Against Fulham, who are, had a really good win against Arsenal. But it's their, their only really good performance in the last five or six now. So, yeah, I'm going to take Liverpool to win by two or more goals at evens. Liverpool v Fulham. Liverpool on the handicap, minus one and a half to win by two or more at evens. Um, Michael is putting out Liverpool to score in both halves. That's a great pick. This is one where you kind of, I think everyone will handicap the game in the same way, but you've got to pick the right bet. Because I've got two written down here and I'm definitely leaning towards one. But that, that Michael throws that out. And I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Like, do you know what I mean? It's poisonous. Um, so I'm just thinking back to the 3rd of December. Liverpool beat Fulham 4-3, what, six weeks ago? It was a mayhem of a game. Um, I've just watched Liverpool absolutely run riot against Newcastle. And then today, in a kind of a different kind of game, still managed to get two goals. Um Fulham weren't in great form till that 2-1 win over Arsenal, but it can always join in. The, the first bet I had written down was the same one as the first game. It was both teams to score and over two and a half. Um, and that was even money. But I think a safer bet, um, because I think the, the, the over two and a half and both teams to score, is for Liverpool um, to contribute three of those goals. Because they might just finish 3-0. And I'll be annoyed with myself if I've added on the both teams to score. So I'll take the Liverpool team total. It could, I mean, 3-1 Liverpool would be a, would be just about right. Liverpool team total. And that's a bit of a bigger price. That's 11-10. Um, is plus 110. So, yeah, I think Liverpool can, like I say, they, they put up record-breaking XG the other day. They scored tonnes. Um, Nunes is getting a bit of stake. I still looks like he's... I'm just waiting for him to go off again. He's going to explode at some point. Jota, Diaz look good. They're missing Salah, but it didn't really uh, affect him today much. So, yeah, Liverpool team total over two and a half at plus 110. Um, 
Lloyd Joe, Lloyd Joe might be on my side when it comes to uh, Nunes. I can't decide if he's defending him or not. He's right. He gets <laughs> in all the good positions. Uh, he just seems unable to kick it in the goal. But it'll come. Um, right, OK. We'll move on to Afcon and the Asia Cup. Um, once we talk first about game time, um, getting tickets um, can be very stressful and the right pain in the arse game time. Is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sport, music, comedy and theatre near you. Killer deals on last-minute tickets, um, images of seat views, low-price guarantees, all the good stuff. And the game time guarantee is the best thing. They credit you 110% of the difference if um, you find a ticket in the same section and roll for less. So, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app. Create an account, use the code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, create an account, redeem the code CFBX for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Research NFL, NBA and soccer bets with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea. In the Hall of Fame bets, parley optimizer too. You get hit rates broken down by a leg. Expected probabilities for the parley. Um, sort out players by hit rates, who's hot, etc. Stop betting in the dark. Join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay, um, African Cup of Nations. I like this tournament, Baz. It's fun. Starts on Saturday. Um, will be. It's in being held in the Cote d'Ivoire, Barry, which is the Ivory Coast to you, but it's the Cote d'Ivoire uh, nowadays. And as it stands, we've got some outright. It's competitive, you know, Baz. I've got some good stats on that'll tell you kind of why it's competitive. You've got a five-to-one favourite in Morocco, but you've got one, two, three, four, five. So you've got seven teams trading between five-to-one and ten-to-one. Um, and then there's a couple of there's teams at 12s and 14s, so it's absolutely wide open. Uh, Morocco in at five-to-one favourites uh, coming off that World Cup semi-final. Uh, Senegal is sixes, Algeria sevens, the host nation, the Côte d'Ivoire, are also sevens. Egypt at nines. Cameroon, Nigeria, tens. And it is 12 to 1. Bar those all the way out to Mozambique at 250 to 1. Um, it's 24 teams in six groups. Uh, so it's kind of the old school World Cup format from like 1990 or whatever. Um, and I quite like this because you get some third place teams that'll qualify. Uh, the four best third place teams in the groups qualify, which opens it up for a bit of a long shot. So I've got a I've got a long shot to fire out in each of the two tournaments. Um, but taking in Morocco first, the the last seven tournaments have had seven different winners. This genuinely is a wide open tournament. So whatever you want to pick, I wouldn't put you off. Like pay your money and take your choice. You can afford to take two runners at five to one or bigger uh, and get yourself in uh, with a bit of a chance. The Jets go 24 nothing up, Barry. Eh, the Giants, sorry. Um, so, yeah, Morocco, World Cup semi-finalists, which is, I think, what puts them uh, as favourites for this. But they're in poor form, Barry. Um, they've got that fat knacker Amrabat running around in midfield. Do you know what I think's happened to him? I think he's still puffed out 
from that one time you chased Kylian Mbappe up the side, you know, and everyone videoed it and put it on the internet. I think he's still got a stitch from that. He hasn't broken into a trot since. Um, so the that World Cup, the, the defence was the thing. They conceded once in the first five games, um, but they just haven't been in great form recently. And they haven't reached a semi-final in the last nine renewals of this competition. Um I also am out on the North African teams, which I'll tell you about in a minute. So I'll put a happy put a line through Morocco bars. They're gone, not for me. Uh the host nation, Cote d'Ivoire, 2015 winners. Um, the last seven tournaments, Baz, the hosts have not reached the final. Uh is a good start. And I think they've got the handful in the group as well. They will get out of it, because like I say, second, even third might do it. But they've got the handful with Nigeria in their group, which I think takes um takes them down a harder route to the final. So I'll put a line through Nigeria. Then a line through the Ivory Coast, sorry. Nigeria look interesting to me, Baz. Uh, the 2013 winners. Two victors up top. You've got Victor Ossiman, who scores bags of goals for Napoli, as we know. And then you've got Victor Boniface, um, who's the top scorer in Germany, playing for Leverkusen. He's banged in 16 goals in all different competitions. And this tournament can be a bit tricky for goal scorers. It can sometimes be a bit agricultural-like. Um so if you've got someone who can hit the onion bag, I think that's a massive plus. Egypt, I'm gonna I'll put Egypt, Algeria, and Tunisia in together, Baz. And I said I'm not so keen on Morocco. Um, these North African teams have a terrible record, sub-Sahara. And these sub-Saharan tournaments, Baz, they just don't um they just haven't got a good record at all. Quite liked Algeria. I thought they were live until I saw that record. Tunisia are on the bottom part of their cycle, and I'm not buying Egypt, so they're all toast. The holders Senegal, I like, but they've got a tricky group, um, Cameroon and Guinea. And then they've got a lot of their players are dossing about in Saudi Arabia, Baz, um, so I'm not buying them either. So, my pick is going to be Nigeria, 10-1, to Barry. Um, they've got a pretty straightforward group. They've got goals in them as well. Um, on the back of that, I'll throw out both victors. For top scorer, Victor Ossiman is eight to one. You can get each way one, two, three, four. But old Victor Boniface is fifty to one. Baz, uh, like I say, he's been banging them in in Germany, which is a good league. Uh, so we'll take both victors. And just because of the, like I say, the format does allow a third place team to go through. So you can get a run out of a team at a big price. Um, and I think Guinea at sixty-six to one can give you that run. But they're also three to five to get out the group minus one sixty-six, which is short. Um, but it's a great bet. I don't see how they can fail to get out their group. Um, so, yeah, they're all my picks. Nigeria outright. The two victors, Ossiman and Boniface. Uh, and we'll take Guinea at a huge price to win it and at a skinny price to get out of the group, Baz. There, Africa, done. Well done. I mean, I told you I haven't got written, done a huge amount of research on Africa. I've made a couple of picks, but I thought I'd let all the... Uh, I've got to get a bit of feedback off you there. Um thought I'd get... Um, you to do most of the heavy lifting on this one. You've done done a good job there. Uh, you've put a strike through my selection, um, but there again, you've put a strike through. You've got North Africa, have you? Yeah, but there again, you've put a strike through just about every selection. Um, oh, yeah. Well, who was your pick, Baz? So I've gone for Senegal, um, just because no. of their pedigree in recent tournaments. We know they won the last one. They did get to the final year before as well. They've got good pedigree in getting four. And I think it's a strong squad. As you say, a lot of them are mincing about in uh, Saudi Arabia now, like some Mendy and Koulibaly and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, a lot of mincing about in Saudi Arabia. 
No, you can't. Uh, you get stoned for that sort of thing. Not in a nice way. Um, <laughs> Mane, near cat here from Forest Jackson. Um, could it be a tournament that might? You know what? It was one of the reasons I didn't want to take them when I saw he's <laughs> going to be stood up front. He's going to be stood up front for them. Cows, arse, and banjo. I was like, no, I'm not having it. Compare that to Aussie men in Bonifaz. It's a no contest. Yeah, so they've got seven Premier League players in total. That was enough for me to think Senegal will go for and probably give you a run for your money. So I've took Senegal at six to one. I did like Aussie men in the over in the goals market. Top scorer at 10s, but I do love that um, Boniface selection given um, his form in Germany. 50 to 1 sounds like a great shout for a little outsider. Um, struggle, you know, we, we go back to when we did the um, the World Cup shows, there was loads of specials. You could pick points totals for teams. Um, there was just a lot more stuff around the groups, and you can't find a lot of that at the moment. Maybe more stuff will come online in the next few days before it starts. So I did look at the group betting. Um, I think Morocco, like you, I would I would fade them at the price for the tournament, but I think they'll come out unscathed from that group and I might take Morocco um, to get all nine points in their group with Congo, Zambia and Tanzania. Um, but at the moment, could I find a price on that? No. Um, so we'll see what comes on this week. But um, yeah, that was the pick for me. Senegal to win it. Aussie men any time. Um, full top goal scorer. Um but yeah, I like I like your review of that. And Nigeria could be a good shout at the prices, I Um Lloyd was asking about the Wigan Man United game tomorrow for a cards prop. I think I'm uh, retiring from FA Cup third round weekend. I'm gonna cut me down. Uh, both teams to score was my pick, but I don't know what the cards angle is, Lloyd. Or you can spell it out to us in the chat if you've if you've got an angle in, make a case. Um the Asian Cup then starts on let's have a look does that start on Friday and Saturday so the, the African Cup Saturday 8 o'clock um, the first game and there's loads of games on Sunday Friday afternoon is the Asian Cup um, which is being held in Qatar they are making use of all the lovely stadiums they built for the World Cup um, so Qatar kick off against Lebanon uh, on Friday afternoon in terms of the outrights for this um, this has got the more, it's the same format, uh, 24 teams, six groups of four. So again, we've got third place qualifiers. So I've got a big fancy one coming in a little while. But in in terms of the depth, this looks a bit more like an old World Cup. Where, um, yeah, you've got five teams at single figure odds. You've got Qatar in at 10 to one. And then it's a big leap. It's 25 to one bar. And there's a load of all sorans in this where, in the African Cup, there just isn't. There's, a, there's some minnows in this. Hong Kong are out at 500 to 1. Indonesia, 400. India, Kurdistan, all out at 250s. So there's some big prices. So it's quite a... It's a smaller market you're choosing from. And actually, I've got a really, really nice pick. Um, I'll start with Qatar because it was a hard pass on them. They were, they were shite in the World Cup for a start. And it is really hard to, to get away from that. Since then, they've won 6 of 17 uh, in 2023. They're just not really up to it at all. And they're certainly not with the, the two teams at the top of the market. Uh, Japan are 9 to 4, uh, plus 225. South Korea, 9 to 2, plus 450. Australia, 13 to 2, plus 650. Uh, Iran, 7 to 1. Saudi Arabia, 7 to 1. Qatar, 10 to 1, 25 to 1 bar. So really, it... it Japan and South Korea are the real powerhouses here. Um, 
Japan are the top-ranked team in the competition, FIFA rankings. Um, just about their entire squad is based in the top European leagues. And the case for them kind of makes itself. Mitoma's out there, even though he's been injured. They're hoping to get him back for later games in the tournament. Um, now, South Korea, remarkably bad. haven't won this in over 60 years. Uh, you'd have thought they'd have always had a good team that they would have got over the line. Jürgen Klinsmann, currently the South Korean gaffer. Uh, our American listeners will know him from being the USA manager. They're in great form, Barry. They've won five games in a row, scored 19, conceded none in those five wins. You're looking at Hyung Min Son. He's not even their highest-ranked player or their best player. Uh, Kim Min Jae, the big centre-back for Bayern Munich. Uh, he was their highest on the Ballon d'Or voting. Um, and they look. this is the strongest they've looked in absolute years as well. Um, Lee Kangin, kid from PSG, does bits as well. So you can't just uh, take Son out of the game. They've got all sorts of players. So um, at double the price of Japan, South Korea appeals to me more. Um, yeah, where Bootle's pointing out, Huang He Chan as well, uh, who's been on fire for Wolves this year. So South Korea, like I say, twice the price of Japan. They're 92 plus 450. Um, Iran are on a real down part of their cycle. They're old. They looked an old team at the World Cup and they've really done nothing to, to address that. The lad from Porto to Remy, just not really scoring. You've got your, your hand batch who used to play for Brighton. Um, Saudi aren't very good. Australia, again, they in the middle of a revamp. They need a revamp. These are a load of household names. You could probably name seven or eight Australians in the past. I'd struggle to name two or three bars, and I challenge you to do that here. Um, China, do you know how many Chinese people there are, Baz? <laughs> There's literally hundreds of them. Hundreds. <laughs> and they kind of find 11 that can play football. That's baffling to me. Um, so I'll put a line through them. So my pick is South Korea at 92 plus 450 to win the whole thing. Um, and the... the the draw does allow Japan and South Korea to reach the final, except I couldn't find a pick for that. Normally you can. I think later in the week you can get a name, the finalists. Um, you can find them both individually to reach the final. And I wouldn't put you off back in both of these. Japan are 11 to 10, plus 110, and South Korea are 2 to 1. So you can back them both and make profit. But I do think that's a route. If they're both in the group, they then stay apart until the final. Um, the same format for a long shot. Allows a, a runner, and I think Jordan um, at a hundred to one can get out of their group. They've got a group; they're in South Korea's group, but Malaysia and Bahrain aren't up to much. So I think Jordan can get out of the group, and then there is some dog shit in there. So Jordan might just scrape the way through to a quarter final, and he might get a decent run at a hundred to one. Um, but yeah, South Korea to win, and then some combination of Japan and Korea to reach the final when the books eventually price that up. Bad. Yeah, when I look. I looked at the same thing. The fact that Japan and South Korea can avoid each other um, would definitely tempt me into to them possibly for a final. Um, as you say, it, it's usually an unpredictable tournament. Uh, and obviously you can see why Japan are favourites. Strong squad made up mostly top European leagues players. But I just, I kind of be backing someone at 9-4 to, to win this Asia Cup. Like South Korea would definitely be the pick of the two for me. As you say, you're getting double the odds. Undoubtedly got two of the best players in the tournament, um, two of the best players in the world in their squad. So, good chance, you know, those two will go for. But I fancy 
something a bit bigger. It, it, it is an unpredictable tournament. Nobody had Qatar down as a winner's last time of this. So could receive someone from further down the market. I'm taking a punt on Saudi Arabia. Um, they'll still be dining out on that Argentina win in the World Cup. Um, they've now appointed Robert. Oh, this is sports washing at its finest. <laughs> You've been paid by our Saudi overlords. Is yeah, there one behind you now? Blink twice. There's a Saudi fella just out of shot. <laughs> With a stone in his hand, ready to throw at my head. Um, yeah, I've gone for Saudi. They've got Robert Mancini in charge now as well, which is an interesting one. I'm sure um, he's there uh, purely for sport and success and not uh, for financial gain. Um, just wondering whether we'll see any sort of benefit in, in terms of the Saudis having strengthened the Saudi Pro League. Are, are those Saudi players now getting a bit more competition, um, which might sort of see them have a bit of an uptick in performance? Nine to one, decent shout. I, I think for a, for a better price, I, as I see, I can't be having Japan at nine to four. I do mind South Korea. It was my initial thought was going with South Korea, and then just looking at the form for the winners in these tournaments, like it, a surprise can be on the. Uh, on the on the agenda, like so, Saudi at nine to one is going to be my pick for the Asia Cup. Um, and the other bit I did like you just talked about China and not having uh, enough people to put a football team together. I'm going to take China to win Group A at nine to two. Um, and it's like you said earlier, you mentioned the fate of Qatar. Um, so they yeah. are up against Qatar in that group, reigning champions and the hosts. But we've seen how they fared in the in the World Cup. When they were hosts, it didn't help them at all. They were awful. Um, I appreciate this isn't the same level as a World Cup, but I think China could be a bit of value um, to top that group, um, Group A. So uh, the pick for me uh, in the group betting is 92 China as a little bit of an underdog to to topple Qatar in Group A. I like that, Baz. Yeah, um, that's pretty much something like a one-game group. If China can get a, even get a draw against uh, Qatar and then I'll point them on, um, on goal difference against Tajikistan, and Lebanon, um, yeah, that's very much live. You see, that was 92. I didn't see group, group prices on that. I was using um, 365. So, yeah, I'll get stuck into that. Hopefully more markets pop up uh, as the week goes on. Um, I think that's it, Buzz. Uh, have you got anything else you want to tell the people before we go? Um, no, I think that's that's about it for me. Um, see, this is a very I... quiet week. There is a reason we're talking about China, Jordan, <laughs> Syria and Saudi Arabia, Baz, and it's not because we're hugely keen, but yeah, everyone in the chat just people are asking, is there nothing else on this week? But there isn't. There's the AFL Cup games, there's that weird pizza cups on at the same time, and then is the weird Premier League week, which is all 10 games stretched out over a two week period. So I think there's five games at the weekend. I don't know what why is what's the reason for this, Barry? It's a mini winter break, isn't it? Um, oh, so right. essentially every team gets a week off. Um, although right, I think okay. if you drew, I think if you drew your FA Cup game this weekend, your week off disappears because you have to play a replay in the middle of it. But that was the idea: yeah. is that five five games would be next weekend, five would be the weekend after, and it gives everyone a, a mini break, um, as it is, or a, a mini retirement, as Gary Neville would call it. Yeah, oh, of course, yeah, just retires <laughs> for a few days. But yeah, so there's well, two games Saturday, two games Sunday, two games Monday. So we'll do them. Later in the week, Barry and we'll come back and uh oh, it's a right old mess. Yeah, we are gonna have to handicap Uzbekistan against uh, Libya. Or oh, I think I've got my continents mixed up there, but you get the idea. Uh there's gonna be more of this rubbish anyway before the Premier League kicks in. So um cheers, Baz. That was fun. 
thanks everyone who was in the chat. Have you uh, have you been ticked up and hard, Barry? Oh, I've been hard at work. Um, been very active. Um, lots of lots of people getting involved. I'm up to five thousand followers on TikTok now. Kind of a big thing over there. Um, so I'll probably be ditching you soon. The way it's going. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, very reasonable. Doing my I own way. Uh, I've got nearly three hundred people in the Telegram channel. I don't know what I'm doing with that Telegram channel other than um, putting some actors and bet builders in. Most of the bet builders turn out to be not very good. Um, but yeah, it's going well. But the most important thing is getting people over to the podcast because that is, you know, that's what the main point of it all. Uh, so yeah, people should be subscribing on YouTube um, and giving us five star reviews on Spotify as always and Apple, of course. Um, but yeah, we are getting getting more and more people over, and uh, the feedback continues to be good for the podcast, and that's uh, that's the most important thing. Calling you the new uh, Mark Goldbridge bars. That's what I've heard. Apparently. Yeah, fucking cracks about as good as his. Um, cheers, everyone who joined us. Uh, Michael Bootleloid Wayne, who else was here? All sorts of people. Um, so yeah, appreciate that. Brian jumped in for a bit as well. Uh, we do appreciate it. Yeah, like, rate, subscribe, thumbs up, follow, all that sort of shite. Um, good luck with your bets. Enjoy the semi finals over the next couple of uh nights, and hopefully, we'll get a good run in Asia and Africa. Looking forward to those tournaments. So we'll keep an eye on them, see how we get on. Um, cheers, Baz. Enjoy the rest of your NFL weekend. Uh, we'll be back, what, Wednesday, Thursday night, something like that. And Wednesday we will night. see you. Wednesday night, did you say? Yeah. Wednesday night. We'll see you down the road. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>